everyone. This is Brie Hall and welcome to the first episode of the Count to 10 podcast where our topic today will be called Do I Seem Relaxed? And we will be discussing the Crown Act as well as the progressions in the natural hair movement in the natural hair space. You know, I went natural when it was not cool to do so and I used to get a lot of those comments like after four or five hour wash day and doing all this styling, coming downstairs and hearing, okay, so what are we doing about this hair? <laughs> Hi, mom. We get to laugh about this now because of all the progress that's been made. And for anyone who doesn't know, the Crown Act stands for Creating a Respectful and Open World for Naturals. And it is a law that prohibits race-based discrimination on the basis of hair, which can be the denial of employment and educational opportunities because of hair texture or protective styles, including braids, locks, twists, and or bantu knots. Afros are also included in that. As of today, the Crown Act has been passed in 13 states, but we still have 37 to go. I am talking to you, Georgia. And I have a very, very special guest on today that I'm so, so excited about. This woman has really, really changed the game for a lot of us naturals out here, okay? Like, I know y'all know that those hair ties are lethal. They have gotten stuck in my hair. And you know, you have that moment of choice where you have to wonder like, am I going to rip my hair out? Or am I going to take deep breaths and move through this gently? And that has been alleviated quite a bit for us. And our guest today is Kazaya Dama and she will be talking a little bit more about her business and, and everything with this. So welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you, Brie, for that introduction. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, yes, we're excited. We had to start. I felt like starting with hair and hair talk was just such an organic thing, especially, you know, with YouTube content and everything that's going on right now, especially uh, with the law and the Crown Act. It just felt like the right thing to do. So for the people who aren't familiar with Kaziah, can you tell uh, the audience a little bit more about your backstory and how you got started in the natural hair space? Yeah, so I guess I can start off with the business and then I'll give you guys my backstory because I know some of you probably want to hear about my natural hair journey because it's been quite a journey. Um, but so I'm Kaziah Dama. I'm the founder and creator of Swirly Curly. And so we are a brand that is dedicated to making natural hair easy. And how we do that is through our innovative products and our educational platform called Curl College. So we make all our products special for natural hair. They have snaps on them so they don't get tangled in the hair. You can just unsnap them to release them. And that was what Brie was talking about is our snappy hair ties. So they're gentle, they're non-elastic. And again, it's all made for natural Afro textured curly hair. And then um, after starting Swirly Curly a couple years later, we found out that like whenever people would buy products, they still were like, I still need help. Like, how do I moisturize my hair? Like, why is my hair so frizzy? Or like, do you recommend these products? And so we kept getting questions for the community and we we're like, okay, I started doing YouTube videos and I was like, well, this is how I would, you know, do my two strand twist. And a lot of people didn't know, like if you have fine hair, uh, like a twist out probably is not gonna look the best because when we take our fine hair and we really condense it, then it looks like we don't have that much hair at all. So I have like 4C fine hair. Whenever I do a twist out, my hair looks all wispy and it just, isn't the best and I don't like it. Whereas when I wear my hair out in a big Afro, it looks like I have so much more hair um, and it just feels better and it looks better. So I started doing that on YouTube. I was giving people help and advice. And then we basically started Curl College, which is where you can go to learn about your curly natural hair and you have a system that is proven and works. And I take people basically I take the guesswork out of all of it. It's like, I give them a straight up solution that's easy and simple and wash days are like an hour and a half max. They're not five hours. You don't have to sleep with your deep conditioning in your hair all night, <laughs> all weekend. And I talk to people about why we don't do that, you know, because deep conditionings need to be rinsed out. You know, you need to leave a leave-in and, and what kind of leave-in, you know, and, and what do ingredients mean? And it's just something that like we all have never been taught ourselves. When it comes to black hair, we've always been taught from, oh, my auntie told me this or my friend told me that. And, oh, girl, you just got to do this. Like, I remember in college, one of my friends, she was mixed raced as well. And I was complaining about my hair always being short. And she's just like, well, girl, why don't you wrap your hair at night? She's like, mm -mm, I always wrap my hair at night. And this is what you do. And I was like, what? And I started doing <laughs> it and like saw a change immediately. 
So that's basically, I have kind of taken information from the community. I've done my research. I've spent a lot of time with some of the top experts like Shy the Curl Doctor, Vernon Francois, Black celebrity hairstylist. And um, I've even went to the headquarters at Naturally Curly. I sat down with them and I was like, you know, what is like the biggest concerns? What are people bringing up? And you know, what have you guys found? So um, all of that stuff is in Curl College. So I basically make products and I educate people on natural hair. And then how I got myself into this whole journey, which I, I love in the business that I do, I absolutely love growing up. I'm from Sacramento and my mom, you can pretty much call her Caucasian. She's basically like white and Mexican. And then my dad is Nigerian. And so I got more of like the kinkier hair from my dad's side and my mom had no idea what to do with my hair. She was like looking at me once a week, like here, you get in the shower and try to comb it out. And, you know, our kind of way of taking care of my hair was always like once it just got too knotty, we would just cut it. So I constantly had wow. like short Afro hair. I did not like it. I just remember crying most of the time because I just felt like a boy and um, when I got older, I was like maybe about 12 years old when we discovered a relaxer. And I mean, we were um, we were desperate. Like we at the time, we were desperate for anything that would solve the solution to my hair. My hair was a problem. You know, it was like I didn't want to do it and it hurt. I didn't know what to do. And same for my mom. So we relaxed my hair. And then when I got older and I got into college and I had always been relaxing my hair and I still never really liked it. It was still like short. It would always break. It just never grew past a certain length. Oh, yeah. Um, and I just always wore it back still. So I was like, I don't like my hair straight and relaxed. So I'm like, I, I'm curious on what my hair looks like normally because it's been years. You know, I forgot. Like anytime any new growth would even just come through, like I see a little curl, it was like, relax. Like, give me that relaxer. <laughs> I cannot see you. I do not know what to do with you like hide, you oh know, but I yeah. think as you get older, you start to, um, appreciate, you know, more of like your natural, natural, just essence in general, your natural, you know, mm -hmm. being and stuff. And, um, I just remember being like, I just want to see what my, my hair looks like. I wonder if like, I actually have curly hair, like what, what could it be like? And so I let it grow out and that takes me on to like, you know, I ended up doing the big chop and I ended up just facing it and being like, I'm just going to let my hair grow natural. And I spent like nine years in despair. Was it a little bit shorter? About eight, I would say about eight years wow. of like not truly actually knowing my hair and feeling confident. Like I got mm -hmm. to a place after like four or five years of feeling like, okay, this is like, this is good, you know, but I know it could get better. I was like, my hair still feels Definitely. dry after day one. Like, and I was like, it shouldn't oh, feel yeah. dry. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so that led me to looking for a solution again for my own problem. And one of the problems was my hair was always breaking off in the back. So then I realized it was the hair ties I was putting my hair up. You know, I would stretch mm. my hair and I'd put it in like a little tight bun and pull it back um, uh, because yeah, so I didn't want my stretched up. Yeah, in the back. I didn't want my hair to basically just be out. You know, I like still was very uncomfortable wearing my hair natural. So, mm -hmm. and when I mean natural, like natural and out um, and like mm -hmm. kind of showing it off or whatever, I just felt like it, it got too much attention and I didn't really know what to do. And I was like, oh, this is like a lot. So I was so used to like pulling it back. It was like my safe space. And um, that got me into creating the snappy hair ties. And then after that, I just started to create more products for the community. So that's in short, the long story. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. And I think that people listening will definitely find what you said very relatable. I certainly do, especially like my mom reminded me recently that when it came time for the relaxer, I got mine in, I think, fifth grade like end of fourth going into fifth grade. And I remember like, I actually begged my mom for it because um, that feeling of being an inconvenience to everyone around you. And my mom is black, you know, but she's always had a relaxer since I've been born. Um, you know, so I've, I've never seen my mom without one. Mm -hmm. And so even though she did know how to take care of my hair, it was just the amount of time it took. And then sometimes going to that aunt or even a salon was just mortifying because my Twitter name right now is the breaker of combs because literally I just remember like getting that 
like that teeth sucking moment when when a like a little you know the little plastic beauty supply comb would just snap yeah when they're trying to and they're trying to dry detangle your hair after air has already started hitting it and as we know now that is a no-no like yeah you know the the small tears of uh of despair as you as you were saying too were real so I definitely identify with that and so when you decided to go natural and you were saying as well that you wanted to see what your hair looked like, I think that is also so relatable because I was going to ask you as well before this about how your hair texture was, I guess, manipulated before your relaxer because for me it was a lot of what flat twists with like flexi rod sets or, or different things like that before I got my relaxer. So I'd actually never seen my natural hair at all as a child like I never seen it like you said out and about mm -hmm. I just always seen it styled like heavily with lots of foams and mousses and gels or like with the barrettes on the bottom and the or the bubbles like you know going natural for me was actually the first time I'd ever seen my curl pattern in my life. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You would have been the girls that I envied when I was younger because I would see some of the black girls in school and like they either would have a relaxer or maybe their hair wasn't actually relaxed, but their mom either blew it out or they spent time to do it and they had cute barrettes and stuff like that. Like my mom, like full on, like natural Lista. Like I was, my hair basically would just be out in a fro and I had like a head wrap and I would like fold it. It was kind of like a handkerchief or something like that size. And I would just fold it. And I had, I remember I had one that was like an African pattern and I had another yeah. one that was maybe just like a straight up handkerchief pattern. And I yeah. just put that on like to pull my hair back because again, I, there was nothing that could fit the circumference of my hair. Like, oh yeah, it was like, cause it was just so thick. And um, mm -hmm. that's what I was rocking. And I, again, I just felt so insecure because I just felt like, mm -hmm. I, I just felt like nobody really did my hair. Like other people like sat down and got their hair done and I didn't. Like we just comb it through and then we'll like just put it up and just oh my goodness. leave it alone. Yeah, like, oh, that, and that can be tough because even when you spoke about like not feeling you know, like a girl or, you know, when, when you had your hair up in the teeny weeny afro, I feel like that's another issue that I've struggled with even now from time to time where I feel like natural hair, especially one that's not the quote unquote ideal curl pattern as we start to get into the fours is not seen as feminine. And I brought this up in a, in another podcast um, that I was on where I, I spoke about like hey, have you ever noticed that when you have your natural hair, do you feel more pressured to wear dresses or things that are low cut or show off your shoulders or things that are more feminine? Mm. Because in some way your hair doesn't feel feminized as much as per se like a blowout or, you know, something like that. I said, do you feel cute and glamorous when you have on like athletic wear or or a hoodie you know what I mean and and you have your hair in its natural state and and people were kind of like wait wait a second you know like thinking about that a little more in depth because I know when I meant when I would be in a hoodie or I had my hair in like a slicked up bun or some type of extensions or blown out style it would feel more feminine due to societal expectations. Have you ever struggled with that as well? Just even now being deeper into your natural hair journey? That's such a good question. Oh my gosh. So I would say in the beginning when I did the big chop, I, yes, I had a teeny weeny afro. I did not feel feminine at all. And I just, you know, I couldn't do anything. It was just one look, one style. And I really struggled with that. And yeah, now, you know, I've been natural for 13 years and my hair is longer when I'm wearing it out. It's like shoulder length. In some areas, it hits a little bit lower than shoulder length. And I recently got, I got it cut about a year ago and I cut like a significant amount off because it was just getting so long and heavy and wash days were starting to take a lot longer. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> And I think, again, it's just what we see in the in the mirror, you know, what we see in pictures. Then we go into the mirror and we're like, okay, we don't look like that. It is like a lot of inner work you have to do. Because I just remember being oh, yeah. like going on a date and I'm like, how am I going to wear a dress? Like, I don't feel like it doesn't match. I was like, it just doesn't match. Oh, I've said that before. <laughs> and I remember struggling so much and I just was like, oh my God. But then, you know what I had to tell myself? I'm like, well, this is what it is. Like, just go. Like, if I'm going on a date, the guy obviously is interested. He likes me. He thinks I'm beautiful as is. 
So just go, you know, and yes, I, I will say I definitely struggled for a long time, but I, I feel like now I, I've even cut my hair. The last time was maybe about four years ago when I went like really short. Mm-hmm. And when I cut it then, nothing phased me. Not a dress phased me, not jeans, nothing. <laughs> and that's when I knew I was like, I got this. Like I've done <laughs> the work. I've, you know, and things yeah. are changing also now. Like a lot more companies are around. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we're we're starting to focus on more equality and yeah. marketing's becoming more equal. Like brands are taking on, you know, sh- showing plus size women, showing showing mm-hmm. what we really look like, taking away the stretch marks and all of that. Yeah. Like, like, they're leaving that stuff in now. And so I think I think mm-hmm. hitting the ground running now, like you can actually run when it comes to natural hair. Like you've got the products, you got swirly curly, yes. you got curl college. I think people are, are always gonna come up against that, but I think there's more support now. And there's more people around to help you through that. And representation, I feel like, is is a huge, huge thing. Because when we start to dissect, why did I feel like my hair wasn't glamorous enough or feminine enough? Like, like I had to put a pound of gel in it and slick it back into like a sleek bun to go to an event with a glamorous dress and all these things. And I was like, it really comes down to representation. When I see, you know, or saw black characters represented in TV, we didn't always see them in glamorous settings, especially people with natural hair. They might be in a high school setting and and you dressed in jeans or like very casually, but I never saw like, you know, someone with a full blown like type four Afro as like the prom queen with the tiara sitting, you know, in the top of the fro. Like we've never seen that growing up. At least I haven't. So when it came down to getting dressed up for these events, the homecomings, the prom, like and things in college, it was always that pressure to make my hair in some way assimilate a little bit more because I felt like my hair did not match the gown or whatever I was wearing. And that's such a big thing because I don't hear people talk about glamour or femininity in any way around natural hair often. So I think that's like an interesting topic that I, I want to hear what people think about that who are listening. So true. So when you got your big chop, did you receive any type of backlash, whether it be from family, the outside world or uncomfortable comments? I'm so curious to hear. Yeah. So of course, a lot of people knew me with like straight hair. And even when I was transitioning, I did like, um, what I like to call a slow transitioning where I was just growing out, you know, my hair, but I kept all the straight and I would, you know, find some type of way of not necessarily straining it, but kind of stretching it or making the two textures blend. Yeah. So like I straight up went from like straight hair to like chopped curly hair (laughs) overnight, basically. So yeah. I would say I did get like a a little bit of comments, you know, here and there. And a lot of it was from the guys, which is so weird. At the time I was working Hmm. at a gym and at the rush at a restaurant and of the guys that like were probably a bit interested in me and things like that. They were the Mm -hmm. ones that were like, well, why'd you do that? You looked prettier with your straight hair and (gasps) Uh, all these things. And so like (laughs) that, I remember like it stung a little bit, but then I was able to just kind of like roll it off because I was like, look, I'm not even interested in you anyway. So it doesn't matter, you know, who are you? (laughs) Yeah, I just had to be like, it's you're not like you're not even on my radar. So it didn't matter. But I would say like for me. I would, I feel like I kind of skated through this area because I was in a new city. I'm originally from Sacramento. And when I did my big chop, I had moved Mm -hmm. down to LA. So I didn't really have my normal like group of friends that I went to college Mm -hmm. with. Like, yeah, we were on Instagram and Facebook, but that's at a distance, you know? Um, so I didn't have anybody to kind of say much other than the people I worked with. And I did remember some of the guys were kind of like, oh, well, why'd you do that? Oh, you looked prettier with straight. I, I like the guy actually said that. And I was just like, thanks, you know? I'd never understand like saying that to someone, especially like, I mean, if you, if you feel that way in your own time, that's one thing, but like to your face, like that just, oh my goodness. I I think it's that boy thing of like, you know, back in the day in in school grounds where they Mm -hmm. would like be mean to the girl that they liked. And it was their way of like trying to show you that they liked you. I think it was one of those situations. It's like, it's also just like, no, like, because it's like when you say you looked prettier, then it's kind of like, well, what are you trying to say about how I look now? Like, what are you implying about right now? You know what I'm saying? That would have like... 
I'm glad that you let it roll off because things like that really do, like, they stick with you. There's things that I remember. The comment I joked about early on in the episode was just, what are we doing about this hair? I remember that day being so traumatized because, like, not in a, you know, a super serious way, but in the moment, just, like, feeling so defeated internally, though. I, like, kind of laughed it off because it's like, it's done. Like, we did it already. (laughs) Because I think I had done, like, one of my first braid outs or something like that. And I had, you know, picked it out with an Afro pick and everything. Y'all, I was so proud. I was so proud. I thought it looked great. And it was like about to leave the house. And my mom was just like, so what are we what are we doing about this? Like, like it's a situation that needs to be contained. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah. But y'all, that was back in like 2011. So, you know, things were like I said, I, I went natural when it wasn't ideal quote unquote to do so or cool or there wasn't a lot of information about being natural at the time like there was um you know a few a handful of youtube channels i'd w- like to say but even then at the time i didn't see a lot of people with my hair texture so i just thought my hair was broken like i used to use conditioner only wash and goes with like certain things that i'd be seeing like the the 3b girls were doing and i'm like <laughs> It's broken. I don't know what's what's wrong with it. Like, it's not coming out anything like how theirs came out. And then I think I found on YouTube at that time when I was in, like, end of high school, I found Whitney Natural 85. And then I remember I tried one of her tutorials and it came out almost the same. And I was like, and that's how I learned, y'all, that I wasn't, you know, I was, I was in the type 4 uh, category. I think... That's another thing that's confusing when you first transition is like finding your hair type, which resources to look into, right? Because not everything works for every curl pattern or texture or porosity. It's a whole, yeah, it's a whole (laughs) learning curve for sure. So true. Yeah. I remember as well, looking on YouTube, spending my time there trying to figure out how to do my hair. And because a girl, I wanted my hair to look like hers and it would mm-hmm. maybe have like looser curls or something. I would yeah. say buy their products and I'm like, this doesn't work for my hair. And just so confused because it's like, but yeah. they raved about this. Like, yeah, what is you're going like, on? What? And you're like, and I just have to use it anyways because I don't have more money to be buying more products. So let's just spend exactly. like $60. Exactly. Oh my gosh, exactly. Like I remember in college, what did I do? I used to get like a tub of gel, like the big, big tubs you can get. And I would just like... I remember, you know, do a braid out with like, I think it was uh, at the time, Shea Moisture was like the kind of the only thing. <laughs> Shea Moisture and Cantu, I think, were like the, and Miss Jessie's at that time, because I, when I went to college, my first year was also my first year natural, like, and on my own with my hair. So I was like, I couldn't, at that time, I couldn't afford like Miss Jessie's and things like that. So I used to just get my one tub of like curl enhancing smoothie and, do like put my hair in like four braids and wear it in um like kind of like what you were saying as well like a scarf or like a turban or something for two days while it just dried you know and then try to take the braid outs out and it was like the only thing I could afford to do so I think also talking about money is is a big big thing in the natural community because these products can get expensive okay like totally yeah oh my goodness especially if you don't know what you're doing you're like oh my god you're just wasting money all the time and I think we've all been there before (laughs) and that would be I think also a piece of advice for people listening like when you find someone that has a very similar curl pattern and then look at their haul videos or what products they're using and if you notice some some products that have worked for you in the past in their selection and they have a similar curl pattern I'd say make certain people your hair point of reference and other people can just be for inspiration or like style inspiration or just to get excited about being natural but I would say that's the thing that saved so much time and money is just like recognizing what did not work and accepting that it's not probably ever going to work on on certain things like certain results just are not for my hair type and that's okay like there's nothing wrong with not having a certain like curl circumference and things like that like there's no magic product that will change you know your hair type and then once once I think embracing that and um, and claiming your hair type with all that you can. Like, I think that's where like the piece comes in because you can start making jokes about it. Like, I love the 4C jokes that I see when, when people are watching a tutorial and they're like, I don't foresee my hair being able to do this, but it looks great <laughs> on you. <laughs> 
That's that's that is so awesome. funny. I love that because then it's um it's a moment of accepting, you know, like what your hair looks like in certain styles and that, you know, certain um things with edges or certain products are just not going to give that result, but that's okay because you have your own methods and routine that work for you that might not work for the person you're watching. So I feel like that's the the beautiful part about like the self acceptance that comes after being natural for a little longer. And I was gonna ask too, have you ever noticed? I know we talked a little bit about backlash, but did you notice any significant difference in just how people treated you after your big chop? You know, I think when I think back when I did the big chop, I definitely felt a bit like overlooked romantically. You know, I just wasn't getting hit on as much and things like that. Like people would stop and tell me how beautiful my hair looked. And they were like, oh, my God, I love your hair, um, which was really shocking to me. I was like, oh, my God, because I just remember being so insecure and just feeling like, oh, my God. But I actually got a lot of attention for my hair being so short. And I think because people when when they're rocking short hair, like the focus is on their features, on their face. And I feel like I have really big features. I have like kind of a bigger nose, I have full lips, you know, my eyes are pretty big. A lot of it comes from my Nigerian side. And um, there was a lot of focus on that, but not so much romantically. But also I think you might be a believer of this or not, Brie, but it's like how you your internal world is going to show your external world. So I was like really, really insecure internally thinking like, oh, nobody's going to like me that that's probably why I wasn't getting hit on, you know, and that's probably why I wasn't yes. getting it was taking a while to get some dates and find people that I liked, you know, or I was even interested in. So I, I do think looking back that that was a lot of it, because when I stopped focusing on that and I just kind of like was like, whatever, I just, you know would meet people and things like that. Ooh, that is such a good point because in that regard, I kind of had, I had the, I want to say like not the opposite effect, but I would say in the first month or so, I was really, really, really nervous about wearing my hair out for the first time. And I think that's the time where I noticed like kind of a, your hair kind of takes over and becomes the spectacle. And it's like this museum exhibit and people are like, oh, beautiful, but they're not trying to take take that art piece home, you know, like they're not. Yeah, trying to... <laughs> yes. Very <laughs> and, true. And it's so interesting because I feel like this even brings to a bigger point of like dehumanizing people that we see as in closer proximity to maybe black or Afrocentric features, how they wear their clothes and just style in general. I feel like the the closer you get to, I guess, like home base, the more people kind of dehumanize you and see you as like this kind of like, like exhibit, like I said. Mm-hmm. Me being in a space of like having tried to go natural three times. It took me three times. I gave up. That was a me couple too. Times. Oh my God. I did three times as well. Three, third time's yeah. the charm, y'all. Okay, so if, you, if you're trying to transition um, today, and you're listening to this, just know if you fail, it's okay. It is okay. A lot of your favorites have failed multiple times. Like, And also, I, I let a lot of friends know that we're making this transition, you know, in the previous years, that there are milestones in the transitional process. And there's a hump that you have to get over. I call it the six to seven month hump, mm. where you have an undeniable amount of new growth. And the line of demarcation is very severe. And so I was like, I would just always tell friends, I'm like, once you get past seven months, you're you're there. You're you're in the clear. You're there. And um, and then there's also a three month hump where you first are just starting to get that like, you know, wait, why does you know my scalp feel more like a Brillo pet? Like it's starting yes. to feel oh my God. <laughs> like wait a second. Um, but what's cool is that I also started doing. I'm not advising. Like if you're under 18, I'm not saying go do this. Okay, but the, like what I did was. I would take conditioner like after I freshly washed my hair and I would take a strip like once I got to around like that four, five, six month mark, like I take a small strand that's like not in any obvious place, like around maybe like where my baby hair would naturally fall or something like that. I did a lot at the nape of my neck, honestly, and I would just pull it to the side while my hair was soaking wet and I did many like micro chops, if you will. 
because I was like, I need to see what I'm getting into (laughs) with this. Yeah. Because to me, if you don't see any type of curl pattern at all, don't think that that's your destination. You, I said, think of like the straight hair, your straight ends, like little weights that are holding Mm -hmm. down your curl pattern. So when I did that the first few times and I had a lot of conditioner, my hair actually saw these little baby coils just spring up. And that made me so excited. And it got to a point where I was doing that so often that I had like a whole like mini patch in the back that was just already natural. (laughs) Like at the nape of my neck, it looked like baby, like, you know, when you have the little baby hairs that are at the nape. And that's kind of when I was like, all right, it's time because I'm going to end up doing this for a couple months. And before I know it, I'll be natural by accident. So let me make a (laughs) conscious choice. But yeah, I I was like, if you ever get to like, I think doing that during a tough point in your transition journey, even if it's just the tiniest strand, put some gel in it and just do like the tiniest strand or any type of curl defining product and and just do a little snip, you know, above the line of demarcation. Because if you have a straight end, it's still not going to look the same. Yeah. Yes. And it gives you some hope. I love that. That's so great. Because then you know, like, oh my God, this is what I'm going to have after this exactly you know? and and the curiosity grew mm-hmm. a lot when I was like oh if these three pieces look like this then what's my whole head gonna look like and you know what's it gonna look like when I actually start using real real like quality styling products and not just like my my shower conditioner and things <laughs> like that and I think um that's what kind of like did it the third time uh that actually that's another question I didn't even think about this what was the the moment of truth for you that the time you finally succeeded in going natural after having like been like me with quitting a couple times? <laughs> yeah. So the first time was is I was growing it out. I was committed. I think I was in like my junior year of college, maybe my senior year, and um, I was seeing this hairstylist. And um, when I would see her, I would go to get my hair straightened and relaxed. So I went to go see her just because I was like, I just know I need like a trim or something. Like I'm still growing out my hair natural. I'm hundred percent committed to that. Sat in the chair and she's talking to me and she's like trying to comb out my hair. And she's like, you know what? She's like, you should really consider a texturizer. She's like, it's natural. It's not like a relaxer. I know. Look oh, at your face. No. I know. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is what she told me. And she was like, it's just going to loosen up the curls a little bit. So it'll be easier to detangle. So I was like, oh, okay. So it's it's not chemical, no. And she's like, mm-mm. And I was like, okay, so let's do that. I was like, that would be nice while I'm transitioning. Oh, you know, my, my hair. Because you already know what happened is I did it. And I could feel like when she was rinsing it out, I could feel like all the water on my scalp. I could feel that my hair was oh, straight. No. I could feel that like my nine months of, you know, you were at this. Ni- oh my God, I was at nine months. I, I had a lot of like new growth and I was like, my I was job. getting there. I was in a floor. routine and my hair was straight again. I was like, so upset. And like, I, you know, when you're younger, you just like, don't have the courage to like st- stand up for yourself. And like, I yeah. still paid the woman. And honestly, I don't think she was trying to yeah, or man- manipulative or anything like that. I think she was just purely uneducated and, and wasn't sure. And so, um, yeah, my hair went straight. So that was time one. The second time I actually did the big chop, but you know how we get, like I did the big chop. My hair was actually natural, but I was always pulling it back. So I was like never really wearing it out. I was just, I would like try to get it stretched as much so I can just pull it back in like a ponytail. And I would do that. And then I got just so bored of like, letting it grow that I put yeah. color in it. I was like, color is the answer. You know, <gasps> let me do <laughs> let me do some highlights and stuff like that. Yes, and I it looked did that. boring at first or just like you're expecting this huge wow factor. And I mean it's very different, but like you still don't know exactly what to do. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. literally so true. I got highlights, literally bronzy brown like highlights. And then that wasn't enough. So I was like, now I need honey blonde highlights. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so true. And then you don't realize that some colors like bleach and all that stuff are going to change your, uh, your hair your texture. texture too. Yeah. So it's like, I was kind of like shooting my own foot before I even got started in the race a little bit <laughs> with the, with the color. But it never really stopped, honestly. Like I, 
for people who know, like, I, I don't think I, I didn't give up color till 2017, honestly, truly. It, but it, it definitely became a thing where I was just like, since it's already huge <laughs> and, uh, and something that people are drawn to with attention, let's just go all the way. Let's just, let's just, <laughs> let's just be a ball of cotton candy. Like, why not? You know? Yeah. <laughs> That's so true, though. That's so relatable because, oh, my gosh. That, I think pure disgust literally is a is an underrated emotion when going natural. Like, well, not disgust for, like, your natural hair, but, like, I, I had a similar thing where actually, but this time, this, unlike with your experience where someone suggested it and you kind of thought one thing was happening and then another thing happened, I, you know, got frustrated and I went in and got my relaxer again at that six, seven month mm-hmm. home. And I got home, got a fresh laid silk press. Y'all know how the silk press be after the first the first <laughs> month of your relaxer. And I hated it. Hated it. I was so oh I looked in the mirror and I just felt disappointment. I mm-hmm. was like, and then so every day like I started immediately again on the journey and every day of the journey I was like if I had stuck with it I'd be on month 10 right now like you know <laughs> yeah I know I hear you yeah. oh my gosh that used to be like it 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 was the thing where I'm like absolutely never again never mm-hmm. again now like moving forward into the business space and everything with Swirly Curly, were there any challenges that you had bringing your products to the marketplace once you had the idea and like just, you know, bringing the idea into reality? I would say that the main challenge is when I had the idea for the snappy hair tie, which was the first product that I created, mm-hmm. I was like, well, how do I make this actually work? Like, how do I make this happen? <laughs> so it was more like kind of like design yeah. idea coming from like my background my major was in um, journalism and communication oh, wow. studies, and I thought I was going to be working for, like, CNN. I, I thought I was going to be, like, a broadcast journalist. That's what I wanted to do when I was younger. And yeah. um, when I moved out to L.A., and obviously they have the industry, and there's acting and commercials, mm-hmm. and I was like, let me just try that, see if, like, you know, if I can book a commercial. And I did. I got a commercial over, mm-hmm. like, an actual, like, job. <laughs> so I was like, this is what I need to be doing. It's funner. You just, you know, every day's different and things like that. I just had no idea how to create like a product from scratch. So I ended up taking some sewing classes. I just like bought materials down in downtown LA. That was, you know, the first step of like trying to like figure out. But when it came to actually like selling the product, I knew where Mm -hmm. to go because I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. if I'm having this issue, other girls like me are on YouTube watching and looking for help. So I was like, yeah. I just got to send these out to YouTubers and girls that have my type of hair. So that's what I started doing. Okay. And it started picking up and they were really enjoying it. And it was really interesting because some people started using it in ways I didn't even realize like you could even use mm-hmm. it. Like people were just like, they were snapping like multiple, like three mm-hmm. of them. And they were like crisscrossing them and all this stuff. And then some people started second. using snappy <laughs> hair ties to, to stretch their hair. So they did like the banding method with the snappy wow. hair ties. Oh, and it's so, so much smart. easier to take out because you can just unsnap it and then they just unravel. The whole thing just unravel. Y'all are so... Yeah. Cr- uh, can, we, can we get into the creativity in the natural hair community? Because I'm shook. I didn't, I, as long as I've been natural, I didn't even think about connecting them and, and using them for the banding method. And now... I have homework to do, y'all. I have to go try this immediately, expeditiously. Yeah, oh it, work, it works so great. And so um, that was really cool to see. And then I would say, like, people, the other hard thing has been that people who really want to go natural or are interested sometimes don't want to pay the price for products. They're yeah. just like, mm, you know, I think it's cheaper to have my hair straight or I think it's cheaper just to get my hair done every month. And that's right. been a battle to overcome because I think – even if it is cheaper, like at the end of the day, what's like, I always just think what's healthier, like what's healthier Mm. for you, your head, your body, um, your mind, your soul, you know? And sometimes that choice is, you know, getting their hair relaxed or this. And, and I, Mm. I totally think that's okay. I don't think that because you don't want to wear your hair natural. Mm. Oh, that's a problem. You need to change yourself. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. I just think People who are curious and really want that, I think absolutely go for it. And there's so much freedom in it too. Like 
being able to just wear your, wake up and not even have to worry about, you know, how your hair looks. You're like, this is how it looks. I'm not going to hide from you, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. No, that's, that's so true. And I think, you know, that's even why, um, learning how to do my own protective styles was a really big, uh, monumental moment in the journey as well, because then I could still invest in the tools. I can be gentle because I know not all hairstyles are gentle and, uh, it's that awkward moment when someone's like ripping through your hair and you're like, oh, do I say something? How do I, how do I go about this? And, you know, without, cause I, I think also something that I'm like unlearning and I was also going to ask you this in a second too, but you know, something that I've been unlearning is like, um, I guess the feeling like an inconvenience to other people with my own hair and, realizing that, you know, if I pay for a service or a product or anything like that, like I have to go home with the results of whatever it is that I've done. And, um, and just, you know, taking, sitting in the driver's seat of your own, uh, destiny when it comes to, you know, your person, you, your being, your hair, your crown. So I was going to ask you too, like, is there anything you've had to unlearn along your journey, um, getting to this point? Yeah, gosh, just a lot. So this is actually something that I teach mm-hmm. inside of Curl College. And um, yeah. I'm actually releasing a book called The Swirly Curly Method this coming summer. Ooh. So I'm actually going to be doing the audio portion of it next month. And we're going to be releasing it at the end. Um, so but I talk about the myths that we have around black hair. Um, mm-hmm. And that was something that I really had to unlearn to be able to learn how yeah. to take care of natural hair and take care of my my own hair and my daughter's hair mm-hmm. and, and do it and feel empowered by doing it. Yeah. Um, and so some of those myths are just like, um, this is actually the biggest one. And I think it's very controversial in the natural hair community yeah. and in the space is um, that like our products don't actually moisturize our hair. Um, Mm -hmm. They can help, but water actually moisturizes our hair. And as we know, it has been passed down like, girl, stay away from water. Don't you dare wash your hair. But yet maybe once a month, you know, Mm -hmm. grease your scalp, oil your hair and things like that. And so I thought going natural, I would do the same thing and I would just Mm -hmm. avoid a shower and things like that. And I just like my hair was always so dry. And I'm like, why is my hair just so dry? Like, I I just don't understand it. Naturally, yeah. like a plant. <laughs> like a plant, yeah. And then, um, you know, whenever I put water mm-hmm. on my hair, I was like, okay, this feels like a little bit better and things like that. Um, but it wasn't until like way down the line that I, I actually understood this and I got that. And so this is something that I tell people all the time instead of curl college and I am putting it in the book is like yeah. water is actually hydration to your hair. And that also goes with the products that you use for your hair. So yeah. again, we've water been base. sold because your hair is so dry, you need the heaviest, the oiliest, the butteriest, <laughs> and you just cake it on your hair day in and day yeah. out. And that actually completely just dries your hair out. It just sits on top. It doesn't let any moisture, which is water, get inside of your hair. Yeah. And so that's like a just, it's just a complete myth. So I had to unlearn this. I was like, oh. Yeah. And it was also scary because it's just mm-hmm. like changing your diet and exercising. It's like, you know, it took you this long to get there, get out of shape. You've got to take some time to get in shape. And it's the same for your hair. I love how your your face breathes on them. (laughs) So it's the same. It's relatable. It's so relatable. (laughs) So relatable. So I had to unlearn that. Um, some other things is just like, um, yeah, just like our hair is, is different. You know, it is different taking care of curly hair than it is not, um, straight hair. So it's going to take a little bit longer time, especially if you're doing it versus like, I feel like when our hair was straight, uh, other people would pay other people to do our hair. Like I would get my Mm -hmm. hair blown out and things like that. And now you're doing your hair and you can be like, oh, this just takes too long and all of this. And like, I just if you've ever done your own blown out, blowout, you know, you know, it it takes long regardless. But if time passes different when you're not doing it, I'll say that just like sitting in the passenger seat of a car, time flows different than when you're driving. Totally. You know? So yeah, I have to unlearn that. Like, 
you know, doing my hair, it's going to, like, I can't have this expectation that, like, I'm just going to be there. I I always (laughs) use the analogy of exercise. Like, you cannot expect your body body to get there overnight and it's the same thing Mm. with your hair you cannot expect you have to train it you have like train it like a muscle so for people that like they're like oh my god my hair sticks up too much or they don't like the way that like it it, Mm. like kind of drops I'm like well you've got to train your hair you got to train it which way you want it to go and things like that Mm -hmm. and it will change um so those are just a handful but yeah I would say like just just a lot you know a lot of things unlearning because I was wearing my hair straight and then now oh. this is a whole different arena, like curly natural. Oh, I, I I could not agree more. And I think like also like learning the history behind our hair as well, um, even into like the oldest civilizations and things like that um, are so reassuring. Like I've looked into documentaries on on natural hair and how people take care of their their natural hair in other countries where there's not any products and seeing um, people with this just gorgeous, healthy hair from like I, I think there was one um, group in Ethiopia that was using like it was it was like like a full fat version of butter like that was um wow. you know and then they would use like uh these these sticks that mimic like like how we do straw curls on YouTube it was that same mm-hmm. method but with like a full fat butter kind of set like to set everything and when they take it out they have like these these gorgeous like like it look, looks like a flexi rod set and then you know like the communal aspect behind hair as well but um, even even looking at our history, right, the climate in, um, you know, West Africa and, and the more centralized parts of Africa is quite hot. <laughs> and in some places it's, you know, dry. Others it's more humid. So if you think about hair, our hair grows up mostly because think about living in a hot environment where, you know, you have to be able to keep yourself cool around, you know, when there was no AC and there was no uh tools for that your hair starts to eventually you know again adapt to your environment and it had to grow more upwards and and defy gravity essentially so that we wouldn't overheat as human beings and then if you look at like um you know maybe someone who is of more european descent their hair had to grow down because of like migrations to cold cold environments and and to be able to keep them warmer Mm. you know in those climates so I think even learning more about um, like hair history has been super helpful. Like, oh, my hair is like this for a reason. Like there's a purpose behind this and it makes it feel more fulfilling and beautiful to know that like, oh, it's not just just how I was born. There was this beautiful genetic process that happened to essentially protect me and as a human being. And that's why my hair grows this way. So I think that also just adds to like, I don't know, the appreciation of natural hair as well. So, you know, this has been such such a wonderful episode. I, I love talking about hair. I can honestly talk about hair all day. I know. Y'all me too. know this. <laughs> Y'all know this. Like <laughs> we were we were ten years into the game and still like I can't I there's so much constantly to learn. So mm-hmm. I was gonna say, is there anything um that people listening can do because you are your business is black owned and woman owned um so is there anything that people listening can do that makes you feel supported as a black woman who's also an entrepreneur or like for your business because i know it can be a little bit tough feeling seen in these massive spaces sometimes as well yeah thanks for asking that i think um something that i would love is um so we do um, master classes for Curl College. So basically we will share some of the information we have in the program, mainly to educate people. And then if they want, they can sign up for Curl College. So I do these master classes and oftentimes I give away like two week free trials and things like that. And all that information can be found just at curlcollege.com. Um, because I think for me at the end of the day, like you know, I've been in this business now seven years. And for me, it's not about like, you know, selling another product. It's more so about educating people because I get so fulfilled getting messages from people who have joined Curl College and have, you know, bought the product recommendations and did the things that I've, you know, said to do. 
and their hair has changed and they're like, oh my God, I actually have curls. They're like, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And, like, and I have like consistent results. Like my hair is not taking over my life. Um, so that gets <laughs> me excited. That. So mm-hmm. for all of you guys listening, if you guys want to come to the masterclass, check out Curl College. Um, it's just curlcollege.com. And then Swirly Curly is the product side of the business. And we're on Instagram and Facebook as Swirly Curly Hair. And we're also on YouTube as well. So just checking us out, following us, or sharing with any of your other curly friends, um, tagging us, shouting us out, like, you know, Black-owned, woman-owned business, that would be so supportive. We would absolutely love that. I love that. And I hope everyone listening, write that down, write that down. (laughs) Because, you know, sometimes a lot of the things that people can do to support, like even what you're mentioning around tags and um, just, just a little shout out here and there or like while you're about to start doing your hair just saying hey I picked this up can be monumentally life-changing for some businesses you know and it's it's huge so I also um, am just so excited that this is episode one and I'm so excited that I had you on today as well so we actually have a tradition here on the Count to 10 podcast, starting now to every season, hopefully, where since we talk about these sometimes deep topics and sometimes we have these lighthearted moments, I like to do a 10 second moment of silence to just re-regulate and get everyone back into their day, you know, just to close out. So are you down to do this with me? Yes, I'm absolutely. All right. So as my uh, disclaimer would go, if you are driving, we need your eyes on the road. Do not close your eyes. But if you're in a comfortable area near, you know, in your home or what have you, get as comfortable as possible and, you know, sit up straight, get into a nice, peaceful place in your home. And then what I want you to do is close your eyes if you're not driving (laughs) and take a deep breath in. and out, in, and out. Deep breath in, and out. Alrighty, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the Count to 10 podcast with me, Vri Hall. Thank you so much, Kaziah, for coming on and being a guest today. All right, y'all, we'll see you in our next episode.